Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Put your hands together. We're so glad that you are here. Let me look at you a little bit. How many of y'all, this is your weather? Let's just be honest. It got cold and that's finally like, it's finally your weather. All right, that's good. That's good. Well, we have been in Galatians chapter 5 for about uh, four or five Sundays, and, and we're going to end that. And I really, in praying for our church, it was like, you know, if the church isn't free, then, man, then what hope does the world have to, like, see something and believe that they can be something different? And so the truth of the matter is that our culture wants to believe that there are good people everywhere, in the church, out of the church, and it almost doesn't matter if you go. But the, the truth of the matter is the Bible breaks it down to two people, believers, unbelievers. And believers should be transforming into the image of Christ, and there should be a continual on work happening where the Holy Spirit is continually moving in your life and it doesn't mean that you are instantly perfect. It doesn't mean that you are instantly like I'm never going to sin again. But what it does mean is there's greater levels of stability and you are producing spiritual fruit in your life that begins to grow. Does that make sense? And so the issue isn't it, we're not suggesting that you have to live every day perfect. But we are suggesting that there should be growth in years in your life and that when you show up five years down the road and you run into people, they should be like, oh my gosh, you've changed so much. And you're like, yeah. And they're not talking about, come on, like your height, they're not talking about that you need a chiropractor. They're not talking about your weight. They're not talking about you losing hair. They're actually talking about like your soul is in a different level of peace. There's a different level of confidence. You're not so antsy. You're not so frustrated. The anxiety is different. And I just want you to know if that process isn't happening in your life, then I want to challenge you. You didn't come here to just hear the word. But you came to hear the word and apply it to your life. Okay, so we live in a world that loves YouTube. And the world, as a world, we, we love YouTube and we want to consume massive amounts of, of knowledge, but sometimes we don't really know how to use that. But like, how many financial YouTube videos do you need to watch? before you start saving money. Come on, does that make sense? How many diet videos do you need to watch before you stop doing French fries? I'm just like, like we love consuming. I want to hear what everybody has to say. And then what? And we go, wait. And I'm telling you that God has something to say about your spiritual life, and I want to help you today as we look in Galatians chapter 5, talking about total freedom. Everybody say freedom. 
Look to your neighbor and just, just tell them I'm glad you're here. Come on. Look, I'm glad you're here. You're looking good. You know, uh, if they don't have a ring and you don't have a wing, ring, uh, you might just kind of give a little hey. Uh, eight fundamentals that we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks. We're going to actually, I would encourage you to go back and get these if you miss them. But, so I'm just going to deal with the eighth one uh, today. But eight fundamental takeaways from Galatians 5 that I feel like every Christian should know. So I actually want you to take out your phone, take a picture of these, because I, I really think that you having this will, when you're struggling, and I expect you to have moments when you are struggling in your response or your faith or or. or your expectation of people, that you would pull this back out and begin to read Galatians 5 and go, okay, here, here is my posture. Here's where I should be at. And so over the, over the last couple of weeks, um, we have been playing, my, my family and I, we've been playing pickleball. And I, I get it. I, I, I know some of you are like anti-pickleball because you play tennis and you're a real athlete, Okay. And I get that, I get that, I, I've, I have dealt with that in my own, but, but the really, I'm 48 now, and so I'm getting ready for my next season, y'all, okay, and the course just got to get a little smaller, that's just, that's just where I'm at, I used to play basketball, now I play horse, that's just, it's life. And so I will tell you, it, it's a fun game, but it doesn't come without its level of engagement, and you may think, oh, it's pickleball, sell out um, but the truth is you have you, you have footwork and you have to move your hips and you have the, the, the forearm and the, and the backhand and rushing your shot and hesitation and, and, and it's so hard because it's just a wolf of ball so you're like I'm just gonna go run and attack it and then all of a sudden they, they get you backing up and they caught you slipping and yeah it's, it's, it's a deal and so here's the thing that we have realized is that um, victory comes on how well you adjust. The Holy Spirit was given to us, come on, for us to make adjustments in our life. And if you're, if you're waiting to meet with that one person or go to that one counselor or go to whatever, hear what I'm saying and don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying you shouldn't get help and you shouldn't talk to people and you shouldn't meet with people. But the reality is no one is present enough to be instant in all of your emotions. And so if you're waiting for that one coffee and you're now you're so irritated because your one friend that you go to has not been available, so you can't go to them. Or, you know what, you're, the person that you're helping, that, that's helping you kind of mentally, with your mental health, is they're booked. And so what has God given us so that we can have help and it is the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit. And, and I'm just going to be honest. If you want total freedom, you're going to need some help. You're going to need some help. And I don't know about you, but you may be this independent personality where you're like, I don't want anybody to help me ever unless I ask. And I'm going to be honest and be transparent. That's me. Okay? I really, I, and so my wife and I, we've been married, we celebrate 21 years, 21 years ago. Uh, uh, uh. 
Okay. So, so, we're, so 21 years. Thank you for that golf clap. I appreciate it. Um, but my wife is a natural helper. So we've had tension because she just wants to help. Like there's no malice in her heart. She doesn't think that I can't do it for myself. She just wants to just jump out and help me. And so when I'm ordering food, she wants to help me. So the, 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 the waitress or waiter will come up and he will talk to her and I am wait and she talks. And then the waiter or waiter will talk, waitress will talk to me and she wants to answer for me. Hi, <laughs> girl, I'm grown. <laughs> I answer for myself. And so this just happened the other day. I was like, you know, because I'm, I'm really fruits of the spirit. It's like, thank you for wanting to help me. But when someone's talking to me, I want to answer myself. <laughs> and so it's just whatever it is. It's like, you know, she wants to help me. She wants to help do this for me. She wants to, and I'm like, thank you. But I've had to learn to let her help me. Even the other day, we went to a friend's house. and We had chili in the back and, and my wife, you know, she's just like, we got, we got stuff to do. She gets out of the car, grabs the chili, and I, I'm walking over, and I'm like, I'm the, man, I'm the man in my house, y'all. And so she's like, what? Well, let me grab the chili. And I'm like, you, what, you want me to hold the purse? Like, let, go. <laughs> let me be me. And here's the problem that I see with most Christians is they want the Lord when they want the Lord, but they're not actively pursuing a relationship with the Lord where they believe that they need him. And so what happens is it's almost like I want to live by myself, with myself, for myself, and I'm going to get to you if I need you, but I really don't need you until it gets really bad. Like if it gets DEFCON 4, then I'm going to go and invite you and make you fix it up. But right now everything's good, so I want to run at my own pace. And that's not really how God set up our spiritual life. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 26. But the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is, come on, we all know it, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We're going to read the rest, but it's like I remember being in church as a kid and, you know, the fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> like, like getting these fruit of the spirit songs and you know it's not a kumquat it's not a this it's not a that and, and I think that if you were somehow raised in church it's almost like these fruits have been reduced to childish anecdotes and so it's like oh yeah we should like fruit we should want fruit and fruit's good but We've adopted to this idea that I am who I am. Nobody can tell me who I am. My parents have made me who I am. My grandparents have made me who I am. So now you hear people say things, well, you know, we just, we just get mad. We just say it how it is. And if you can't deal with it, then that's how my dad was. That's how his dad was. And that's how his daddy's daddy daddy was. But at some point you're like, okay, but you're a new creation in Christ. All things have passed away. All things become new. So when do we begin to change that? Come on, as believers. And now we, we no longer get to say that 
even though the culture says it's okay, God says, I want to be with you, I want to help you, and I want to grow something in you. I fundamentally believe that's why in the Western church, people are disengaging at an alarming rate from church because they don't really know how it makes a difference. Because the truth of the matter is, if you don't begin to grow spiritual fruit in your life, then you, we got Charlie and the Chocolate Factory Christians. It's like, I've got a golden ticket. I got saved and now I'm on the way. And that's it. We're like, okay, great, you're going to go to heaven, but you, you live in like hell every day of your life. The inconsistencies in our speech and the way we live and what we do we're dragging our kids to church. And the truth of the matter is all of our kids in our homes are going to look at what we've done, good and bad. They're going to have good things to say and they're going to have bad things to say. But at the end of the day, they should want to be like what God's doing in your life more than they should not want to come. And I am telling you, we need some spiritual fruit, listen, in our life. Against such things, there is no law, 24. And those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified their flesh with its passion and desires. So here's the deal. Come on, culture, whatever your passion is, whatever your desire is, be you, do you, all that. God says, let me transform you. And if you do that, you have to lay down some of the things that you want, develop some things that I want. I will change your passion. I will change your desire. And I will not just make you a member of church, but I will make you missional. If we live in the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit and let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. Like your job isn't to provoke the people in your life. Come on. I, I, I've, got, I've got to hold everybody accountable. I've got to say everything. I've got to do everything. And, and, then, and all of it, if we're going to be honest, is just control. Okay? So Paul illustrates to us that there are fruits of the spirit and when the fruits grow your spiritual life flourishes and we want you to flourish that's why that bible verse is on the wall those who are planted in the house of the lord will begin to flourish in the courts of their god something should move in you and begin to produce out of you and that people should look over years and go dude you're not even the same person what happened to you Many believers are positionally, they are covered under the blood. We talked about that. Because of Jesus, a free gift, we are positionally covered. But conditionally, our flesh is still in charge. And Paul has given us an in, insight on how our relationship with the Holy Spirit should function. And so in Galatians 5, he uses four terms. I'm not going to be able to go back and read the whole chapter, but you can. But here are the four practices in our relationship with the Holy Spirit. First is we walk with the Holy Spirit. Walk with. Walk with. Come on. My kids, when they were young, they did not want to walk with. They had to be trained to walk with. Can I, can I give you a frustrating story? When my, my kid, well, all my kids were... So we had four under five. 
And so they're, they're, they're obviously not still that age. Um, but, but when they would go to Walmart with Katie, she would make all of them touch the buggy. And so she would push the buggy and touch the buggy. And so, you know, it was like this dragging thing that, like, she was working out when she girl went to Walmart, okay? Now, when I would go to Walmart, I was trying to get in and out as fast as I can. Come on, y'all know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not shopping, I'm buying. Leave me alone. And so I would try to push the cart, and the kids are like, <laughs> and I'm like, stop it, don't touch it. Leave me. Like, mom makes us touch it. I'm not mom. I'm dad. You get lost. <laughs> we tried. It's training to walk with someone. You need training to walk with the Lord. It doesn't come because you got saved and went to a Bible study. Like you're learning, ooh, I want to cuss somebody. I want to tell people what I think. I want to give you <laughs> the right and left hand of God. I want, uh, but you're learning to walk with him. Then it says that you submit to the leading of the Lord. Submit. The, one of the, the greatest Psalms, he makes me lie down. Submit. Like if you don't want to submit to the Lord, then you actually believe that in, some, in certain circumstances, you are more right than he is. Look at, live with the whole, live with. Have anybody ever had any people that is not your family live with you? Lord. And they don't know how to live with. They don't know how to live with. Hey, we're coming to do dinner. Everybody, come on. And so our family's like sit down, highs and lows, and everybody's talking. And, and someone who's never lived with us, I'm not slamming. I'm just saying they, they don't know how to live with us. Hey, you can talk. I can. What do I say? I don't, what do you want to say? Well, I don't know. Well, we, we don't know either. So, like, live with us. Like, don't be... Don't be in this house for three weeks and you got a bedroom and you're still asking me if you can open the fridge. Just open it. Don't tell me when you're... Don't raise your hand and ask me to go to the bathroom. That's weird. Like live with. Okay, here's the last one. Keep. Keep the active presence of the Holy Spirit. So what would make you lose it? <laughs> what would make you go flesh? This communicates, Paul is talking, and he's saying the Holy Spirit's relationship with our life is, in, in our life is very important and a very serious relationship. And, and I get it. Maybe you grew up in a, a church or a denomination that never really talked about the Holy Spirit. Maybe you don't know much about him or, or what you do know about him. You believe that or, or were taught that the works and the gifts of the Holy Spirit were only for the early church. And I would like to challenge you. You are not, listen, those gifts are not gone because the Holy Spirit is still actively present. Okay, look, let me, let me break it down to you. God doesn't divide the church. Nobody's mad at, at God. When you say God, God the Father, Abba, whatever, whatever you grew up in, nobody's like frustrated when you start talking about God. 
God don't divide the church. Jesus doesn't divide the church. You start talking about Jesus, what he'll do, the cross, the lamb, the whatever. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you may quote some movie about baby Jesus and people roll their eyes, but the truth of the matter is, is that Jesus doesn't really divide the church. But you start talking about the Holy Spirit and people are on guard. And we have put more attention on the fallacies and functions of the Holy Spirit than his friendship in our life. It is vital for the house to understand that you need power and you need the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life and it's everything. Hear what I'm saying? It's everything. He's him. Like everybody wants to know who's him, he's him. This means that he is available to help you adjust so that you can have victory in your life. Acts chapter one, verse eight says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is talking about, come on, come on, locally, this is talking about uh, state, this is talking about national, like there should be something that happens in your life and what you receive should begin to move out of you. Okay. This, we are in a dispensation where the Holy Spirit has the job to do. In the Old Testament, it was God who walked with the people. In the New Testament, it was Jesus who walked with the disciples. And now it's the Holy Spirit that walks with the believers. God isn't on the earth. Revelations 20, 11 and 12, look it up. God is sitting on the throne. Jesus isn't on the earth. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God, Acts 7.55. So who's here on the earth? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here. And as we look through the Bible, you can see that the enemy has always come against the Godhead that was present. The Old Testament. When God began to show up and create a relationship with his people, it was always, what did God say? Come on, Adam and Eve in the garden, what did God say? Who's God? What's his name? Like, like, like the people wanted to reject God. They didn't want to be led by Jehovah. They wanted to be led by a king. The enemy has always come against God. In the New Testament, the enemy attacks Jesus. They questioned Jesus, insulted Jesus, mocked Jesus, diminished Jesus. Well, some say you're this. Well, if you're the son of God, now there is an all-out attack on the Holy Spirit. And so the enemy has us fighting over gifts, second baptism, tongues, the active presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. Why? Because the enemy always wants to divide the church. Always. The enemy is against spiritual fruit because spiritual fruit gets the attention of other people. How did you come you didn't lose it? How come you're not crazy? How come you didn't run over that dude with that car? How come you, how come you didn't? And people are used to witnessing what the culture does. 
So the culture and the kingdom should have a different response. The enemies against spiritual... I would just say this. I don't think that the enemy is all that scared of you getting saved. Because I'm not saying that he doesn't like it. I'm saying that if you ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life, but you never transform your soul, so your spirit is alive, but your soul, he can actually cause torment in your life for most of your adult life because you've made a spiritual commitment, but you've never got free in your soul, and he can bring guilt and shame and condemnation over you for the rest of your life until you begin to get total freedom. The enemy is against the church being a witness. The enemy has always hated the truth. There is no truth in him, and there can never be truth in him. He wants to destroy the truth, and the truth is not a fact. The truth is a person. The enemy wants to destroy, come on, the truth. Why is the Holy Spirit so important? The Holy Spirit unifies the body of Christ. We grew up at different sides of the track. Uh, you, you, you may be at a social, economic, we, we may be totally two different places in life. Um, you know, I was adopted from a foster home. My parents got divorced. So there, there was a season of our life that we lived on food stamps and, and WIC. And, and, and so the, the reality is my context may be very different from your context, but the truth of the matter is the same Holy Spirit lives in all of us and God's Spirit unites the church. And it's almost like we've forgotten that. And we would rather argue concepts than realize the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me and you. So, I mean, obviously, we don't, we don't really use that language, but there is a brother-sister relationship that we have with each other, regardless of what your color is, regardless of where you came from, regardless of whatever, because the same spirit lives in you that's in me. So bring it in, Poppy. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like. This is, and so the enemy is always trying to attack that. The Bible describes the Holy Spirit as a teacher, a helper, fire, anointing, power, counselor, spirit of truth. He convicts us of sin. He dwells within us. He distributes spiritual gifts and his job is to build up the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit is not an it. He is part of the Godhead and is a person. And I'm telling you that because he wants to lead your life. Come on, hear what I'm saying. The Holy Spirit is God's way of getting your flesh under submission and producing spiritual fruit in your life. And these fruits don't grow just because you said a salvation prayer. They grow because you walk with, submit to, come on somebody, come on, you hear what I'm saying? 
you 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 walk with you you submit to you you, you begin to 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 follow you begin to keep you begin to live and that is i think the biggest part of the western church and what we're missing is we want content but we don't want connection we want to know something that will help us argue but we don't want to have a relationship with someone that will make us submit come on you hear what i'm saying what I'm trying to tell you is that God has given you what you need. Think about this. When Jesus was on the earth, when the disciples were around Jesus, they thrived. But when Jesus was, was uh, taken by the Sanhedrin, when Jesus was taken away from their presence, all of the disciples began to deny him, began to walk in fear, and they all ran away from Jesus, all of them. They all denied him. Okay, why? Because he was the stability. He is presence what made the difference. And so when they started to doubt, he was like, yo, where's your faith? When they started to think, oh, the miracle's in the leftover baskets, Jesus was like, actually, it's me. And Jesus always brought their attention back to what matters. That's why he said, don't start your ministry until the Holy Spirit comes because the truth of the matter is someone's going to challenge you. Someone's going to look at you. Someone's going to put fear on you. They're going to tell you they're going to kill your family. They're going to do this or this, and you are going to cave because you don't have a compass but I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit that if you walk and live, come on, and submit and you keep, then you'll be able to stand when other people fall. God has always given us process. He created man and woman to populate the earth. He used prophets, priests, and kings to get to the lineage of Jesus. He localized his presence through the Ark of the Covenant, then the temple, and now the indwelling Holy Spirit in those that are saved. God has not changed. He's been the same. Listen, the prayer of salvation, repentance and acceptance, water baptism, the confession. And, and listen, when we do water baptism, we're not just taking a bath. We're not taking a dip that's so, so refreshing. You're actually, it's symbolic. Some spiritual, you're laying this old person down and all of the works of the flesh and the lust and all the stuff, and you're coming up and you're like, okay, I have a new desire. Something is changing in me. And then the baptism of the Holy Spirit to be a witness. And so here's what we see. The Father wants you two things, sealed and filled. Let's talk about it. Sealed. When you ask Jesus to come into your life, you are sealed. Your spirit is alive. Come on. And it's awake. And now the Holy Spirit has turned you from death to life. And the Bible says that no one can steal that. Okay. Romans chapter 8, 9 and 10. You, however, are not in the flesh, but of the Spirit. 
And in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, and anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you throughout the body, even though the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is alive through righteousness. So I just need you to know, don't walk around and, and, and think that your salvation, did I lose it? Do I have it? Do I not have it? Man, because I did bad, I kicked the cat, I said a cuss word, I, I, I ran a red light, you know what I'm saying? I, uh, I snapped at my kids, I snapped at my wife, I didn't eat my broccoli, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm sealed. I'm sealed. Now, here's the next thing. I need to be filled. Ephesians 5. 18 through 20, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. In other words, listen, stop trying to run to something to numb out your flesh, to numb you out. Don't run to food, don't run to wine, drink, don't run to porn, don't run to these things that kind of takes off the edge. Actually, why don't you run to the Holy Spirit? And there's the Bible says, look at this, be filled with the what? Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spirits. I, I, mean, I mean, the reality is there should be a song on your heart, little joy. I don't want you coming up and singing to me. Hey, Pastor, how are you? Like I, that's not what it's talking about. That's not what it's talking about. Don't do that because I'm going to look at you weird, okay? But there should be a song on your heart rather than a grumble in your mouth. Look at this. Spiritual song, singing, making a melody to the Lord in your heart. In other words, I know I'm going to co come in contact with people that aren't good, but the Holy Spirit in me is good, and His praise will continually be on my mouth. The Holy Spirit is a big deal. Come on, bigger than a raise, bigger than a social media trend, bigger than a TikTok dance, bigger than your sports winning a national championship, but I'm still praying for the Cowboys. Praying. Don't, don't, don't. Don't crush my prayer. Oh, listen, God, God not satisfied with a portion. He wants it all. And he wants to order your steps. Will you walk, submit, live, and keep? Don't dismiss the greater blessing of experiencing God in your life because you have been taught that salvation is all you need. So let's talk about it. Is it all you need? Do you feel like you're walking in all of the victory that God has before you? Or do you feel like there is some confidence because I know I'll be in heaven, but I don't have confidence throughout the day that I am going to be who God has called me to be. And I am here to tell you that don't discover what God already knew. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? Most loneliness, rejection, abandonment, and unforgiveness will be satisfied in believers with an active relationship with the Holy Spirit. Here's what you need to rehearse all the time. God the Father loves me. Jesus the Son saved me. And the Holy Spirit, come on, is with me. And so when I feel alone, when I feel abandoned, when I feel isolated, when I feel like my grief wants to overcome me in the middle of the night and I want to cry because everybody looks like they're having a great time, but my life stinks and I'm not having a great time, I am not alone. God loves me, Jesus saved me, and the Holy Spirit is with me.
and the Holy Spirit is given to live and, and it breaks down the nine fruits that the Holy Spirit gives and I want to break this nine down in, into three. It, there is an inward work, there is an outward work, and there is a long-term work. So let's go through this real quick. The inward work, this is where the Holy Spirit reveals and heals your deepest need, the things your parents could never provide. The things that your parents weren't good at and they didn't, they didn't know how to fix it. We all are craving for love. Joy. Is joy dependent on my money, the economy? Who's in the White House? Who's my job? Now I can't be happy now. The boss I liked just got fired. And now I got this new person and I know more than he does. And so the truth of the matter is love, joy, and peace will settle your soul. It's an inward work that speaks to the brokenness in your lives and the lies and the limitation and the pain and the desire for control. And God is like, look, let me produce this fruit in you. Love simply means it's not a feeling only it's not like God's walking up to you and giving you a big hug. I'm not saying that, that, that he won't. But love ultimately means you trust him. It's hard for you to really love and be vulnerable with anybody you don't trust. Joy, that nothing can be taken away from me because God is the one that gives to me. James says God gives good things to me and yes, my job may change. The economy may actually tank here in six or seven months. I'm not professing that. I'm just saying we don't know. But all I know is that God gives to me. So I'm, I'm not sitting over here worried about this, that, or the other. What can you really take from me that God hasn't given me? Peace Peace doesn't come because of an absence of arguments. Peace comes from the Lord. That peace overcame the world. In other words, I can have love, joy, and peace in my life because they came from, come on, listen, the creator of those. An outward work is where the baptism of the Holy Spirit begins to move you from just coming to a meeting to becoming a minister, to be moving from a member, come on, to a missionary. That, that the outward is, I'm going to be patient with the people I meet. I'm going to walk in kindness with the people I meet. There's going to be goodness. Why? Because God's been patient with me. Just raise your hand if you got it the first time. Yeah. <laughs> The first time God started speaking to you about your anger. The first time God started telling you, clean your car. The first time that God started saying, stop controlling your kids. The first time that God, come on, you hear what I'm saying? The first time you just were like, did it. No, he's been patient with you. Because I've received that. Patience. That means that I am now learning to wait on God's timing and not be full of anxiety where I feel like I have to rush everything in my life. Some of you, that's freedom for you today. Like, the only reason that you're not happy is because you feel like you're not where you need to be yet. And I'm not saying that you don't need to work, and I'm not saying that you don't need to prepare, and I'm not saying that you don't need to grind. But I am saying that if you don't learn some patience, God has me in seasons, and I trust him. Kindness. Kindness isn't based on what people show you or how they respond to you. 
the Bible tells us that we give kindness because the Holy Spirit is kind to us. He keeps whispering and speaking and adjusting us so that we would be convicted and he's never bringing shame. You stupid jerk. That's not what the Holy Spirit does. He's like, ring the bell, remind you. Ring the bell, remind you. Hey, you'll be listening to a song. It may be country. It may be hip-hop. It may be whatever. And all of a sudden, like, you're not even thinking about God. And all of a sudden, this thing comes on you. And you know what? We need to get back in the church. And it's kindness, the Bible says, draws us to repentance. Goodness. God's nature is good. And you have to know that God's been good even if you're in a rough season. What you believe will motivate you toward other people. And God is pure, right, and holy. Let's talk about long-term. Long-term. The Holy Spirit's work should affect your influence. And so hear, hear me. Kind of lean in, sit up. Thank you for taking a nap. Okay. Each one of you are called into the ministry. Well, pastor, <laughs> you don't know what I've done. I've been in jail. Each one of you are called into ministry. Well, pastor, you don't know what I've done. I have. I haven't sent my kids child support in 10 years. Each one of you are called into the ministry. Now, your ministry may be 1, 2, 5, 10, 20, 50, 100. In 10 years from now, you may run, be running a campus for us. I don't know what God is doing in your life. But I know that when you start producing spiritual fruit, it, you now have something to give. And so you're going to have to let the Holy Spirit farm your ground <laughs> and produce something because ultimately what you have to give is the fruits that are produced. Does this make sense? And so, come on, the Holy Spirit is the one. Not personalities, pressures, or circumstances externally. The Holy Spirit develops the fruit and we gotta keep it. So faithfulness, come on, we are in a world of broken vows and abandoned responsibilities. So listen to me, this is not shame, but the Holy Spirit in you, God has never left you, God has never forsaken you, and he delivers on his commitments, and so we deliver on our commitments. And we as a believer do not change our commitments based on how we feel gentleness some of your verses say meekness listen don't think more highly of yourself than you ought <laughs> you know I'm a big deal okay really listen we esteem other people our esteem doesn't come from people it comes from God self-control look at me we have to be a people who are in self-government the Holy Spirit will help you with your government with your self-government. And so if you're constantly like, well, pastor, I tried to say no to Krispy Kreme. The light was on. And you know when that light's on, it just, it's like the enemy just grabbed on to me. No, you want the Krispy Kreme. And I'm not even saying you shouldn't have it at times. But we had a problem when we first moved up. Because here's the deal. 
The only Krispy Kreme we went to was the one in Branson. And so we were in Hot Springs, and we would go to Branson. And so when we would go to the Branson, take our kids to Branson, the light would be on. And so I was like, anytime that light's on, we're going to stop. I was only there for three days. I only saw it one time. When we moved to Rogers, we moved right behind the Krispy Kreme. So the kids were like, you said anytime. And I was like, yeah. And we did that for about two months. Then we started looking like Krispy Kreme. devil is alive <laughs> here's the thing I'm ending this when our kids were young we always talked about having good fruit and the Holy Spirit is necessary for your victory you cannot do it alone so are you walking are you submitting are you living are you allowing the Holy Spirit to begin to do, listen, an inward work on your life. Stop focusing on your parents. Stop focusing on the people in your life. Stop focusing on all the people that hurt you and receive love, joy, peace. Outward work, when you meet with your people and all of us meet with people, how is your patience? How is your kindness? How is your goodness? Have you, have you received that from the Lord and have you contextualized that? Are you aware that you've received that? And now you should want to give that long-term work. See, here's the one God wants to lead your life. There's a verse in Exodus. Go ahead and put that up there. And it says this. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them, look at this, by the way of the land of the Philistines. Look at this. Although he was near, although it was near, in other words, it was faster to go this way. Why wouldn't God take them faster? I've always thought, when I was a kid, I would always be like, why did they take so long to get there? Because they, they didn't have Google. They didn't have maps. See? It wasn't that God didn't know the fastest way. Somebody, this is going to set you free if you can l lean in for like a minute. Some of you are very frustrated at God because you feel like it's taking longer than it should but there was a reason that God walked them around the way that he walked them is because he knew that they were coming out of bondage and they had no confidence. They had been run by taskmasters and God was trying to avoid war in them. Look at this. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea and the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. See, what you think has taken you so long, God's been equipping you. If you would have run into that job, if you'd have started that thing, if you'd have done it as fast as you wanted to do it, you would have met opposition and everything that you thought was not in you would have been revealed. And so the only thing that would have happened is God would have moved them out of Egypt and then in, they would have all been enslaved at the next army and the next battle. They would have capitulated. Yes, sir. And God was like, no, no, no. I got to walk you around until I get you confident enough where you, the internal struggles will begin to happen with you and me before you go up against another enemy. Come on, hear what I'm saying. And so some of you, you need a little bit of patience. You need to let God do what he's doing in your life because you want to be there right now. I don't know what that is. Maybe that's marriage. Maybe that's your career. Maybe that's graduating college. I don't know what that is, but I'm telling you, you're going to have to trust the Holy Spirit in your life. Come on, give him some praise.
Here's what I want you to know, sir. I'm, I appreciate you can bench 300 pounds. You don't know what's best. Ma'am, I appreciate the fact that you got a doctorate by your name and you read books. You don't know what's next. You, 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 you need the Holy Spirit. Teenager, I know you're ready to leave the house and you got an awesome job. But I'm just telling you, you don't know what you need. But the Holy Spirit has been given to you so that you can walk, submit, live, and keep the presence of God. And this will change the church if you let it. So here's the deal. All of- Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.